Welcome to Scholastic Reads, our podcast about books, authors, and the joy and power of reading. I'm your host, Suzanne McCabe, Editor-at-Large at Scholastic. Thank you for joining us. Today, we're celebrating two wonderful role models. One of them is fictional. Her name is Princess Truly. She's the delightful creation of author Kelly Greenewalt and illustrator Amariah Rauscher, who will join us by Skype later in the program. First, we'll talk with a real live role model. 13-year-old activist Marley Diaz is the founder of the hashtag 1000BlackGirlBooks and the remarkable movement that followed. As if that weren't enough, she has also published her own book. It's called Marley Diaz Gets It Done and So Can You. I'm delighted to be talking with Marley, who joins us by Skype from her home in New Jersey. I'm going to share the interviewing responsibilities with Scholastic News kid reporter Titus Smith III. Titus lives in Southfield, Michigan. Titus, I know that you have a few questions for Marley, so why don't you go ahead? First of all, hello, Marley. It's, it is an honor and a privilege to meet you. I'm very impressed with all of the work that you've done. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so shall we start with question number one? Sure. Well, <clears throat> how amazing of a journey has this been for you, this entire thing? Well, um, starting the campaign and all of its success has been very, very amazing. And I was extremely surprised by the success because in the first year, we didn't have as many books as we projected in the first couple of months. And we were able to exceed our goal um, and raise 11,000 books now that feature Black girls as the main character. So it's been such a crazy and such an awesome experience. And I hope that through the things that I've learned, I can help other kids understand that this is possible for them as well. That's very nice. And uh, your dream and your um, idea is, I think that it's amazing. And Thank you. I think, and I just would like to tell you that I think that it's great what you're doing. Thank and you. I like it because um, I go to Cranbrook. So um, we read like classic books. And we actually read Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry, which is one of your favorites, I've heard. And we actually read that book. And um, it made me realize that, yes, we do need more books like this. We do need more books where people who look like me are the main characters. Yes, I agree. Um, And that's what we want the campaign to show, that young kids will be able to identify the books that, um, that do not feature them and the books that do, so that they're able to speak out about the inequalities that they see. I really like that. I would just like to say that. And secondly... What moments did you realize that you needed books with characters that looked like you? Uh, The moment that I think I really uh, understood this was in uh, around fifth grade, because before then, my parents had always bought me books that featured girls that looked like me as the main characters. So I had automatically assumed that that would be the way it was for elementary school and for most of the grades that I would go into. But then as I progressed, I started to notice that my teacher would only assign us books that featured, um, you know, white boys and their dogs, which is kind of the coined phrase for the campaign, as the main characters. So when I saw that and then I went back home to my personal library and I saw so many more different people of different experiences, different races, different genders, 
And then it was just like a ticking point, really, because I was having an experience that not every student would have the same opportunity to have, which became very frustrating. Uh, I understand very much. And I'm happy that you took the actions that you did. And I assume that you're very happy that it turned out the way that it did. Yes, I was so blown away by the amount of people that connected with my story um, and the people who had who were much older than me who had also seen the same issue that I did. And I'm very, very grateful that I'm able to, you know, be a voice for those kids and be a voice for those adults that experience the same thing. Yes. Now, number three, when you started your campaign, did you ever imagine it growing into this? And did you face any challenges getting it started? Um, I definitely did not imagine the success of the campaign. I'd always wished for it to be that way, but I had to learn um, the actionable steps for it to get that way and definitely opening up an emotional and vulnerable side of me where I could say that this is the hard story, this is the hard truth of how um, black girls are not being reflected. And as I opened up myself more, I was able to be more successful. So I was so blown away by, by, by just sharing my own personal story. I was able to help. Uh, so many other people um, share their passions with me. And also, when the biggest challenge I think I faced was, again, not being able to just push myself out there to try new things. And I wanted to just, you know, stay behind the shadows, not really branch out my campaign and not share my truth as much as I should have. Because immediately, as I said that, this is my exact story. This is what really happened to me. There were so many more young girls who said, said the same thing was happening in their schools and said the same thing was happening uh, to their parents and their grandparents. So uh, that was definitely the biggest challenge I faced. I'm very happy that you weren't shy with it and that you just came out, did it all out, and did your campaign. Your campaign is awesome. Um, all of the books that you've recommended, I have read most of them, and they were a great recommendation. I loved all of them. Oh, that's great. That's what we try to do is to share the, the stories that I've read and the stories that um, especially uh, authors who are not getting, you know, a lot of press and are not on like the Today Show or on these top recommendation lists who are publishing them in their own homes or with smaller publishing houses can still have their stories be told and still have them be successful because they are helping us promote diversity and promote the inclusion of all different experiences. Yes, yeah, so one book. That was on your list, which was One Crazy Summer. I actually read that last year in fifth grade for my Battle of the Books. Um, we had to read One Crazy Summer as one of the battle books. And the author actually came to our school and she told us some stuff very similar to ideas that she wanted a book of females who are African-American who look just like her, who do the things like she does, and not with white boys and their dogs. And she said, not with um, white girls in their skirts. Interesting. Rita, Miss uh, Frida is a fantastic um, author, and I actually got to have her come and speak to students at my old elementary school. And it, it's just fantastic to also have these authors connect with the students to see the real people who are uh, creating these fantastic stories and hopefully show to uh, young black girls and young kids that they can be authors, too, that they can be successful and that they can share their stories. I agree with you 100 percent. All right. On to number four. In your book, what can we expect to hear from Marley? The biggest thing you can expect to hear from me is that um, the voices of kids and the 
passions and the frustrations that they have are valuable and that they need to be shared. So there's kind of two really important perspectives in the book that kids have the ability to make change and that kids' beliefs are strong and have a lot of potential and also to show parents that kids need to be listened to and heard in open spaces so that all this brilliance that is inside of them can actually be shared and be shown um, to their their community and even uh, on a worldwide scale. I agree with that even more, mostly because I love it when kids get the power, and I love it that your book is promoting kid power and promoting for parents to listen to us kids just as much as we listen to them. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it's so nice to hear you also because you are a reporter and doing a job that a lot of kids definitely, once they see that other young kids can do it, will want to do it too. So I thank you for interviewing me and contributing to this kind of ever-going cycle of kids see awesome kids doing really cool stuff. And now more kids will be able to believe in themselves to actually go forth and try it out. How does it feel to now be the character that you once were searching for? It is so amazing to be that character that I was looking for definitely in my library. And now I hope that I can shine a light on those other girls who are working hard to make sure that diversity happens or that we have um, bring back the arts in our school systems or that we are recycling. And I want to make sure that I'm able to showcase these beautiful, brave girls that are working so hard to change the world. And I hope that I can also show those girls who are just thinking about what they want to do and how they're going to change the world, that it is possible and that you just need to gather your resources and be your best self and be your truth at all times. And I agree with it 100%. And I do think that you should try and be your best whenever you can. So that was my last serious question, but I have one really quick fun question. Okay. Are you excited to see the new and upcoming Black Panther movie? Yes, actually, yes, I am. One of my uh, closest friends' birthdays is around that time, so I think I'm actually going to take them out to watch the movie with me. Mm, that's great. I already have pre-ordered my tickets. I have a costume. I'm wearing it. I'm so excited. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Marley, for all of your answers. They were all wonderful. And congratulations on what you've accomplished. And I hope that you accomplish many more in the future. Thank you. I appreciate this interview. I had a great time. You asked fantastic questions. Okay, this is a tough act to follow, but I have a few questions of my own. Hi, Marley. Thank you for joining us. Hi, how are you? Very well, thanks. Can you tell our listeners about the beginning of the 1000 Black Girl Books hashtag? So uh, 1,000 Black Girl Books began in fifth grade when I was reading books like Where the Red Fern Grows and the Shiloh series, books that I very much enjoyed, but I didn't feel like I was getting assigned any books that featured black girls and girls that looked like me as the main characters. And this was a huge frustration because, as I said to Titus, I wasn't able to see myself in the books that I read at home featuring diverse characters being reflected actually in schools. And knowing that school is a huge resource for a lot of kids for their reading, I mean, obviously their education, and also kind of their social experiences, I thought that it was very, very problematic because we were actually leaving a deficit for these kids and the experiences that they will be able to learn about. And also for the young Black girls in my grade, they wouldn't develop a such strong sense of identity and confidence in themselves 
because they weren't able to learn about how other black women in the past and now are able to do such awesome things and be proud of their blackness and their girlness. If you, if you want to say girlness. I love that, Marley. Could you tell us about some of the books that have really inspired you and some of the authors? Uh, some of the authors that have really inspired me is Jacqueline Woodson. I call her kind of my fairy godmother of the book world because I, as I got into this huge community of, you could say, book nerds and people who love reading, it's been uh, such an immersive experience. And she's definitely helped me um, to learn about how I want to share my message and how to write and answer questions in ways that make sense and that are very clear, concise and very beautiful. Um, another author is Rita Williams Garcia. She wrote One Crazy Summer. She is such, such like a happy, like fun. She makes me feel warm whenever I see her. She just has this such, uh, I think, enigmatic, I think that's a word I'm pretty sure, personality uh, that uh, makes all the kids whenever we do like book events together and we get to meet students and makes them all feel so happy. Even the kids who don't like reading. They enjoy just getting to be around her and she definitely makes everybody feel welcome. And her writing is so, so amazing. And it has uh, definitely ties to history, which a lot of um, people, a lot of students actually like to read because they get this fiction and adventure element, but also get this element of I'm learning something and I'm learning something that I can now use to motivate myself to try out and do something new, to go adventure, to go be confident in myself and speak my opinions, to meet new people to enjoy these new experiences. So those are definitely my top two favorite authors. And they have been such role models to me, in a sense, of how to just be happy and to be lighthearted and to share and to be open and emotional. Oh, that's wonderful, Marley. Your mom is also an incredible role model for you. Could you tell us about her and her Grassroots Community Foundation? Well, the Grassroots Community Foundation is a public health and social action organization focused on creating a world where all girls grow up to be healthy women. And the reason this campaign actually started is because of Grassroots Super Camp, which is a camp for black girls, a leadership camp, in which the girls of middle school age, like I was when I started the campaign, and I still am now, are able to blend their passions, you know, reading, dancing, basketball, singing, painting, to create social change and to take their frustrations and mix them to create this perfect blend or this activism smoothie, as I'm definitely, I definitely use that phrase now, the activism smoothie to help um, to change the world. And my mom has definitely been a huge role model in that process of just making sure that I am being a very balanced person and that I'm putting in my best foot forward and not overworking myself. And to always, from the first person I meet to the one millionth person I meet, being happy, being honest, being true, being friendly, and just being a, a generally a good and reciprocal person to them. And she definitely has guided me through the way. She does, you know, the emails. She makes sure that there's a person who's able to count the books. She makes sure that the resource guide is still working. She makes sure that I am able to sleep, eat breakfast, go to school, finish my homework, do my projects. So there's a lot of stuff that's on her plate. And I Thank her so much for helping me um, do my stuff and also growing the foundation to help other young girls um, create their own social action campaigns. Sharing and being reciprocal are definitely so important. And the title of your book, as, as we've mentioned, is Marley Diaz Gets It Done and So Can You. And you say that the word you is the most important word in that title. Why is that? 
I believe that the you and Marley Dias gets it done and so can you is so important because a lot of kids, even if they don't read the book, they'll get to see the title and they'll get to feel as though, even though I don't necessarily know what she's getting done, I can do it too. Like I just have this own power that is being reaffirmed that is, that's inside of them. And that's something that kids definitely need to learn that they have, and that there's already these beautiful and brilliant things inside of them that just need to be pushed out and embraced. And that there needs to be these open spaces where kids can feel like they're awesome and feel like they can conquer anything. And I want my book to definitely affirm that or reaffirm that for a lot of kids. And can you explain how your book is relevant to all kids, not just Black girls? Yes. So uh, we try to explain with the campaign that it is creating windows and mirrors. When I say windows, I mean that it is opening a gate or shining a way to see the other experiences and this plethora of other people's stories, other frustrations, their passions, and what their life is like, um, and the happy sides, the sad sides, the angry sides, um, and showing just the general um, world that other people live in so that we can reduce the amount of ignorance that other people have for other people's experience and increasing um, the amount of shared stories that we have which will help kids become more well-rounded people. And when I say mirrors, I mean that we are creating a reflection to uh, Black girls to show themselves that I am that powerful, that strong, that intelligent, that brave, that beautiful girl who can stand there and stand in front of as many people and share what she wants to do and to galvanize and to create communities to help others. Great. Now, can you tell us how you've used social media to share your stories and make positive change? So I definitely use social media as a huge tool for the campaign. Obviously, my campaign is hashtag 1000 Black Girl Books. So I use it as a way to share um, what I'm doing and what other kids are doing. But I also show um, my everyday life, which is very important in the sense because a lot of the times when we do include stories about, about Black people and Black girls, they're either slave narratives or they're talking about the civil rights movement. And they're not just showing those everyday joys. They're showing the struggles and the negative. But we want to show all, we want to show the positives as well. So I feel like through social media, I'm able to show just like, or my dad is doing a weird dance. And like, I can be relatable in that sense where I still have embarrassing photos. I still have baby pictures that my mom will post. I still have bad picture days. And these are the regular parts of my life. Marley, you say that reading is so much more than words on a page. What do you mean by that? Okay, so when I say uh, that reading is more than the words, uh, there's many different kind of interpretations and beliefs I have with this, but the first one is just pictures, simply. I know that some kids, they're not a fan of reading, but I feel like with my book, I try to include as many photos, as much color and bold text and just things that will catch your eye so that kids who are not necessarily always, you know, into reading a super long book, they can still pick up something and hopefully intrigue them. And maybe be like, I saw and Marley Dias gets it done. And so can you, that there are these awesome um, social activists like Angela Davis um, and Shirley Chisholm and all these other really awesome people who have done something and they seem pretty cool. So I'm going to go look them up. I'm going to go learn more about them. And they may inspire me to do something really cool. And when I say that reading is more than words on a page, I mean that it gives kids a sense of power. And when they learn something new and when they grow, go to just sit down and they absorb all this wonderful information, it makes them feel 10 times stronger. It makes them feel like they've accomplished something and that they've done something that is wonderful. And it's made me learn about maybe witches and warlocks and wardrobes. Or maybe it's made me learn about football or basketball or just maybe learn about something that is new to me. 
and that's really fun and that I may get interested in or tell my friends about or tell my teachers about. And then we can create this chain of I am growing, I am learning, I am sharing, which eventually will lead to the better, a better society and creating more kids who are willing to stand up and talk about and have the hard conversations and talk about things that not everybody wants to talk about, kind of similar to diversity and with my campaign. What's your number one tip for aspiring activists? Um, my number one tip for aspiring activists is definitely to just um, to push yourself and to just be your best self. And I know that a lot of times people say, be yourself, but I say be your best self. And that to me, that means putting your um, best foot forward, always working as hard as you can, and remembering that sometimes being your best self means you get 10,000 uh, 10, things done in a day. But sometimes it means that you get one really hard thing done in a day. And it definitely differs, and it's kind of a variable for every single thing that you do. But you just have to remember that if you tried your best, whatever happens is great. And that's definitely what you have to remember to always push yourself to um, be a better, uh, be a better, quote unquote, better activist and to help more people. Those are very wise words indeed, Marley. Thank you so much for talking with us. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Now, here are Kelly Greenewalt and Amariah Rauscher to talk about their young heroine, Princess Truly, and why they saw a need for a character like her. Hi, Kelly and Amariah. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much. My first question is for Kelly. Can you describe Princess Truly for our listeners? Absolutely. Princess Truly is just um, irresistible. She has chocolate brown skin and these glorious magical curls that sparkle. She's not your ordinary princess that needs to be uh, rescued. Truly is strong and confident and capable and curious and brave. She's a scientist and an inventor and an engineer and a painter and a guitar player. And she loves to read. Dinosaurs are her favorite, and she's just this truly special, wonderful character. I have to say, she truly is. <laughs> How did you come up with her name? I actually thought about a lot of names, but none of them really fit this character. And so I had this light bulb moment, and I remember that when I was a little girl, I used to sign all my letters with yours truly, and it kind of hit me. We're creating this fabulous character that we really want um, girls to love, and we want little girls to feel like she belongs to them, so it's like she was truly theirs, and so it just, yeah, it just clicked. Why were you inspired to create her? I actually um, wrote the first story for my daughter, Kaya. So Kaya was in preschool, and her teacher asked all of the students to dress up like their favorite character for a storybook parade. And at the time, Kaya's favorite character was Rapunzel. And so um, Tangled had just came out, and, you know, Rapunzel had that beautiful, long, blonde, magical hair. So Kaya announced her choice to her classmates, and uh, one little girl in particular told her that uh, she couldn't be Rapunzel because she didn't have pretty magical, pretty princess hair. And um, Kaya was really upset about it. And so, you know, I want to be a princess, and I'm like, you are a princess, and you do have magical, pretty princess hair. And 
But because she had never seen a character in a storybook um, that she could identify with, she really didn't believe me. So I started hunting for a good story um, that featured a princess with magical puffy curls that she could identify with. Um, I Googled, I asked our librarian, I reached out to friends, and ultimately I came up empty-handed. So I wrote um, the story for Kaya. And it still blows me away a little bit that this tiny little story that I wrote for my daughter um, has just blossomed into something that is just so much bigger than we ever expected. What does Kaya think about Princess Truly? Oh my goodness. Kaya um, loves Princess Truly. Both of our both of our girls um, just adore Truly. And I, I think Amariah's girls feel the same way, right, Am? Right. And my youngest daughter and actually both of Kelly's girls all believe that they are the original real Princess Truly that Princess Truly was made after. And I think that that's just so much fun. But even my oldest daughter, who's almost 18, loves Princess Truly. Both of my girls just adore her and they're really proud of her. That is great to hear. How do you both collaborate on the text and illustrations? As the illustrator, I think more about how the book will look visually, and Kelly thinks more about the wording and the rhythm. So sometimes I'll have an idea for a particular illustration, and I'll say, if you write this, then I can illustrate X, Y, Z. In My Magical Sparkling Curls, for instance, I had this image of Princess Truly running across the rings of a planet, and Kelly wrote the line, I count the rings of Jupiter, to work with that particular illustration idea. But sometimes Kelly will have something that she wants to say with the story and it can only be said through the illustration. So she'll describe what she envisions and then I'll draw that out. So Kelly sends me drafts as she's writing and I draw sketches to share my ideas and we kind of give each other notes from there. Um, But the entire books are very much a collaboration. I don't think that we would be able to create these wonderful books if we didn't work this way. But I have to say that we don't always agree when it comes to the illustration and text. And the most striking example that I can think of is this, is in I Am Truly, there are the two lines, I can tame wild lions and race fast cars. And I thought it would be so much fun to merge these two into a singular illustration with Truly being chased by the lion that she had been trying to tame. And Kelly was worried that that would be too scary. So we had this big, long back and forth conversation, but we were finally able to reach a compromise. And in the final illustration, we have Truly being chased, but both the lion and Truly have smiles on their faces. And then I think a page or two later, you have Truly roaring at the lion. So you know that you know, it's not something to be afraid of. But one of the things that I really like about working with Kelly is that when we're collaborating, we can be open and honest with each other. We never hold back ever. ever. (laughs) (laughs) Never. (laughs) Kelly is in Texas. Yes. Yes. Just outside of Houston. And Amariah, you're in Illinois, right? I'm in Chatham, Illinois, which is near Springfield, kind of the center of the state. How did you two find each other? And how do you do you work solely via email? Actually, it's a funny story. So I had ordered a print for uh, my daughter's bedroom on Etsy. And um, it was this uh, African-American girl with these long, beautiful curls on a swing reading a book. And um, instantly it became a favorite. Both of our girls just loved, uh, absolutely loved um, this art. And so when I uh, created the story for for my daughter, um, I kept thinking about that character while I was writing. And so when I completed, you know, the first draft of the book, I reached out to MRI and I'm like, hey, I wrote this book and I was wondering if you would be interested in illustrating it. And she said, no. <laughs> <laughs> she t- turned me down. 
So um, <laughs> I, I kind of waited a couple more months and I, I approached some other artists, but nothing really felt right. I knew that she had to be the one. So I, I called her back and um, twisted her arm a little bit and promised her I would send her um, a box full of Lucky Charms marshmallows if she would <laughs> pretty please illustrate the book. And so um, she ultimately acquiesced because I can be pretty persistent. And um, ever since then, I, I we just we really just hit it off and have become uh, great friends. Yeah, we talk we talk daily and text daily, and yeah, we talk a lot. Princess truly has some remarkable adventures, as you've hinted. Could you tell us a little bit more about those adventures? Well, Princess Truly can do just about anything. And there's an element of magical realism in Princess Truly that really gives us a lot of latitude in what she can do. And I think that this sets her apart and makes her special. In the newest book, My Magical Sparkling Curls, she plays hide and seek with the dinosaurs. She visits the ancient pyramids in Egypt. She explores oceans and discovers new sea creatures. And she even goes into outer space where she makes a map with all the stars and then starts a band with her new alien friends. And of course, in our band, Princess Truly does play lead guitar and at the end of the night she flies home in a rocket ship as her hair lights the way and as she's going along on all these adventures she always has her animal friends with her and I think that it really speaks to her kindness and gentle spirit it gives her her relatability tell us also about some of the responses you've gotten from your young readers the, the response has been overwhelmingly positive um, kids just love princess truly and and I think they're so drawn to her because she just has this cool confident independence and and a spirit of curiosity um, I've had the opportunity to do several school visits over the last year, and there's really been a lot of excitement from the kids. And what surprised me is that the boys seem to love this character just as much as the girls do, which is so fun. Um, in fact, we just had uh, a teacher um, send Amariah a message, a teacher from Georgia. She uh, read our brand new book to her kindergarten class, and she said, you know, so surprised the boys were just as engaged and ex as excited as the girls were. So we were thrilled about that. Um, and earlier, I think, you know, we were talking about storybook parades and character days at school. Well, this year, Amariah and I have just been flooded with pictures of, of little girls, even teachers, and I think even a principal um, that had all dressed up like Princess Truly uh, for character day at their school. So it, it's been very exciting for us. We're really thrilled about that. I've seen a few of those photos on Twitter, which are adorable. Yes, we, we really hope that um, kids would love Princess, Princess Truly as much as our girls do. And so the fact that they do is so incredibly rewarding for both of us. I can imagine. What were some of your favorite books growing up, both of you? So when I was a little girl, my mother and I would, would take the bus to the public library. I grew up in New York City. And so we would probably choose 20 to 30 books. So it's really hard for me to narrow down a favorite. But if I had to choose, um, I really loved Beatrix Potter's books. So like Benjamin Bunny and Peter Rabbit and Tom Kitty. I also loved um, the Madeline series. I, I just, I, they were so captivating. I love the way that they were written. Um, and then when I started reading chapter books, a uh, teacher suggested Nancy Drew, and um, I was hooked. I think I read every book in the series, and I'm probably dating myself a little bit, but um, <laughs> another teacher recommended the Babysitter's Club, and I think I'm confident I read every single Babysitter's Club book there ever was. I wanted to be Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. 
the books that I was the most drawn to were were things like Shel Silverstein and Dr. Seuss. I really liked kind of funny stories. Um, but that that's what I generally gravitated towards was like the poetry books and the books that rhymed. The Princess Truly books we could add here rhyme as well. Yes. It's a perfect fit. <laughs> Why do you think it's so important that all children see themselves in literature? Well, for young ones, books provide a way to experience the world. So much of what they understand about the world comes from books, and children experience that through the eyes of the characters they read about. So when a young person sees the world through a character that looks like them, they see themselves as an important part of the world, and it's so important that they know that they are a meaningful part of the whole and that all children have that positive reinforcement and confidence. Right. And and all kids deserve to experience the magic of feeling like they're part of a great story. And, and we know that representation really matters. It's great to hear that boys are responding well to these books also, because it seems to me it's so important to see strong girl characters in books as well. Absolutely. Girl empowerment is is so important. And having a strong female protagonist like Princess Truly inspires little girls to, to really dream big. Um, and when kids admire a character, they often aspire to be like them. And so... We need books that feature these strong girls that break the molds, who are fearlessly themselves, girls who aren't afraid to rock a purple tutu and play with dinosaurs or draw a blueprints for their next invention. So, you know, one of the messages that we wanted to send with, and with Princess Truly is, of course, girl empowerment, but we want little girls to know that they can be whoever they want to be. And I feel like as adults, we really have a responsibility to make sure they know that. I recently um, saw a quote online and it said something to the effect of, she wasn't looking for a knight, she was looking for a sword. And I thought, yes, exactly. <laughs> Every little girl <laughs> should know that she's capable of doing um, amazing things, you know? Well, I congratulate you on Princess Truly. The books are adorable. I just love Thank them. Thank you. What's next for the character? Well, in future books, we're going to work on fleshing out her world and the people around her. So she'll be going on adventure with on adventures with people friends and not just her furry friends, although I have a hunch that her furry friends aren't going anywhere. Um, Princess truly lives in a town and goes to school and readers are going to get to explore that world with her. Readers will get to meet Princess Truly's family and they'll get to know her as not just Princess Truly, but also as a daughter and a sister and as a friend. Uh, one aspect that Kelly and I are both really excited about exploring further is Princess Truly as an inventor. In the first book, Princess Truly built a machine that made teddy bears, and we want to build more on that. We want to show her inventing wacky machines and also using math and science and thinking outside the box to come up with solutions to problems. Thank you both so very much for talking with us, and we wish you continued success. Well, you're welcome, and thank you again for having us. Thank you so much for having us. It was our pleasure. Go, Princess yes. Truly. Go, Truly. Thanks so much again to our guests for joining us, and thank you for listening. To learn more about the books we discussed, check the show notes or go to scholasticreads.com. Don't miss an episode of Scholastic Reads. Find us and subscribe in the iPhone podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts, and each episode will automatically be delivered to your phone. Special thanks to producer Emily Morrow 
sound engineers Daniel Jordan and Chris Johnson, and music composer Lucas Elliott Eberle. I'm Suzanne McCabe. We look forward to sharing more Scholastic Reads next time.